You're listening to Thunder Quack Podcast Network. This is the Thunder Quack Podcast. The official podcast of Thunder Quack Podcast Network where anything can happen. So strap yourselves in and hold on to your butts. It's Thunderquack time! Hello and welcome back to the Thunderquack podcast, the official podcast of Thunderquack.com, which you can get early every Tuesday over at Patreon.com slash Thunderquack, just like our Patreon producers, Brian Murawski and JJ Samuel do. Or you can be lame and wait and get it late every Friday on podcast services across the galaxy. I am one of your hosts, Michael Cohen. And I'm your other host, Amanda Conkin. And this week you came out with your uh, your dukes up there calling people lame. Oh, did I? Yeah. Well, I just call I just call like I see it, you know, we just we just we really do love those uh, Patreon supporters. It's it's kind of neat. We've been doing it for a while now. Hey, like Uh, the 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 thing about Patreon is that is that there are two types of supporters on Patreon, both equally valid, equally valuable to us uh, as listeners um, and and cherished and wonderful. But but they, they fall into two categories. The first category being uh, the people who've been with us basically since Quiver, right? Like the hashtag Quiver all the way crowd that when we launched in 2015, they pledged in 2015 or or like within like the first year or two, right? Um, and they've been with us the whole time and they, they're part of the Facebook group and they're like, those, those are, those are generally like our most engaged listeners that are like in terms of like, like, you know, the back and forth. Um, I, the people using then, the Facebook group and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And then there are the, the people who through some misfortune found us after that. Um, and have been listening <laughs> and 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 f- seem to like what they hear and i uh, i and have decided to support us uh more recently um but here's the thing with those people they come they stick around for a little bit and then they go on their way and usually according to the exit surveys it's a matter of it's usually financial it's it's usually like a hey I'm cutting back on all of the stupid things I'm spending money on, and 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 you fall under that category. To which I say to them, uh huh, yeah, absolutely, <laughs> right. Especially like if you're a one dollar supporter and you, and like you don't you don't care to get like the exclusive podcast every month or or the extended stuff, like because because you listen to a million podcasts and you don't need another this week a half an hour of content. I yeah. I which is really good value this week, but um. Like, like I totally understand if you're on the one dollar and you're just you're just about getting it early, I, yeah, whatever. <laughs> like, like, see, so yeah, it's cool. Like, like, there's no hard feelings whatsoever. I when it's like a when it's like a, a, a like when whether it's it's just it's just plain budgetary or it's financial hardship, and you're like, man, 
I know it's a dollar, but that dollar every month is dinging my credit card and my credit card's not doing so great. So uh, I'm going to cut back on these things, like whatever it is, because I've been in those positions and I totally understand. Like you, sometimes you just got to cut that stuff back. Um, but uh, yeah, like like they, they tend to be the 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 newcomers tend to to have, stick around for less time and i think that's due to the fact that the the like the the long standing patreon supporters were like i said they're 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 hashtag quiver all the way people which means that like they've been with us through the good times and the bad like the ups and the downs they <laughs> know, know how it goes <laughs> and you know what you're for, yeah yeah, and 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 there was a constant that kept them coming back from week to week, um, and that was Arrow, right? And over that time, we just became a part of their lives, and so like the thought of like of there not being a Thundercrack podcast anymore is something that they're like, well, I want to make sure that that doesn't happen, so I'm going to keep giving them money, and and for some reason, like it's like a it's like a Stockholm syndrome uh, type of relationship where it's like i can't i can't but they've they've done so much for us and it's like yeah but we've also done so much to you you know like like we've also you know i i would say in equal measure um so like yeah there's there's a there is definitely like a little bit of that a little bit of that situation going on sorry i'm just readjusting my uh uh quickly warming i'm cooking some corn uh on my leg Oh uh, no! Uh, uh, no, I, I I twisted my ankle earlier, and so I'm icing it with a with a bag of what was frozen corn. It's now very, like, it's <laughs> becoming cream corn, <laughs> as we speak. But uh, amazing. Um, yeah, I yeah, but it, it's so it. I say lame, and I obviously I'm joking. I think you guys know that. I uh, but also, but also like. The people who support us, they're cooler. So, like yeah. by definition, depending on where you're choosing to to set the bar, you know, like the That's people fair. who are giving us a dollar a week are <laughs> above that bar. The people who aren't giving us a dollar a week are below that bar. And if we so call that a... bar the cool bar, then they you know, go. I, I have to say that one of my skills as a producer over the last six years. Yeah. has been finding ways to only say positive things when all you want to say are negative things. Uh-huh. And so for me, exactly what you just did there, right? Where you're like, well, all we have to do is just not make the comparison, right? And you just have to say the positive thing about the people that are doing the good thing. And then you find ways to like, then not, you, you like, you like can't make people feel bad by saying only the good stuff about other people. So, you know, they got where they want to be aspirational. Where everybody wants to be that cool, right? You want to you want to be praised for all of the cool things you do like subscribe to podcasts. Yeah. I mean, I, this is this is the real it's a thing. Certain kind, certain kind. I don't think that there's any sales pitch that I can give to the people who listen. So, here's the breakdown. We have about we have about two hundred to three hundred listeners on a weekly basis. An episode usually caps out around fifteen hundred downloads, and then like trails off to like one or two downloads sporadically over the course of a month. Um, 
but but that first week, the first week listens is is between two hundred and three hundred every week. Um, of that fifty, I think it's forty eight people support us on Patreon right now, and that goes up and down. That that dips down as low as like forty five and goes up as high as like fifty five. People come and go, right? I am one of those people. Is that depending Curtis on is how one of those people. I think How political you, we are that week. <laughs> yeah. I think that you were previously one of those people, but now you're lame, right? I know I am. I yeah. have no problem admitting it, but I was one of yeah. those credit card situations in which I was like, oh, why sure. am I paying? Yeah. I, but it wasn't just us. It was, I got rid of everything on Patreon and then just decided to not support people on Patreon at all. <laughs> Sorry. You're just not going to support the arts. You just, I just, you... I well, no, then I, I went to some nonprofits to leverage my tax credits. Okay. Um, so, don't worry. I give back in other ways, just not to artists. So but yeah, I, it's it 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 is work. like it is twenty five percent of our audience, which like so when when I when I sort of like put that when you put that sort of on the on the 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 low end of regular listeners and the high end of Patreon supporters, that's that's marketing right there. Where it's like where I'm like automatically like it's easier to say twenty percent rather than or twenty five percent rather than than twenty because I can say it's a quarter, right? I I but I I you know it's it's like it's between twenty and twenty five percent of our full listening audience. Um. Which, to be honest, is like, like, that's actually pretty good. And the only way to really grow the number of Patreon supporters is not by going to the other 150 to 200 people and telling them that they need to support us. It's, it's growing the audience overall. And to be perfectly honest, I have no idea how to do that. I have no idea how to do that. It, I don't understand how it happens with other with other podcasts that go from like nothing to something. Um, and I'm not counting the I'm famous for something else and now I'm doing a podcast. Those people are not. That's not part of the conversation, right? Like like in terms of of like like professional, professional podcasting, not podcasting is my side gig. Uh, in order to generate cash flow because I'm a stand-up comedian and 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 it's a nice constant to get my advertising dollars because uh, that's why they do it I, I it's it's something that is within their control that is within their skill set uh, and related to their job that is both marketing and a revenue generator um, I, by the way hey uh, if you're getting something for free it means that you're the product I, uh, you the the listener in this instance are the product not the podcast um, we don't sell nobody's information to nobody because we don't generate revenue that way yeah well we don't generate revenue <laughs> period we, uh, so there we, you go uh, all this quality content coming your way <laughs> if, if not for as much if, as you'd like to pay us if not for the significant uh, uh, financial reductions that I've been able to do over the course of the last couple of years, just by virtue of the fact that we've gotten well, like we've bounced from like Libsyn to uh, Spreaker uh, and now over to Pinecast, which like, hey, if you're going to podcast, Pinecast is the is the podcast server to uh, to go with. I love them. They're so good. We haven't had a single problem since we moved over to them. Uh, it, I'm knocking on wood right now because no, dude, it's that. affordable. It's awesome um uh and they keep adding enhancements to the platform and stuff like that but like it it's it's a it's a great platform i love it i 
and it's cheaper than than Libsyn. Spreaker was free, but Spreaker again, if it's free, you're the product. And we found I found I figured that one out too late. It was like, but I also like they lied to me, but that's fine. Um, don't don't do business with Spreaker. That's what I'm saying. Um, I have no problem saying or know that. what you know what you're getting there. into. Um, I I well, they changed the contract on us after the fact, right? right? So like to me, like that is lying. Like that's they they yeah they they decided at, that the juice just wasn't worth like the squeeze. Disney did with Scarlett Johansson. Oh my god, yes, just like Disney did with Scarlett Johansson. I I a hundred percent. Let's talk yeah. about that. Right. Scarlett Johansson is not the good guy, and neither is Disney. This is neither a matter of guys. Goliath fighting a bigger Goliath, um, and 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 David is on the sidelines going, "Please don't step on me." Um, <laughs> it's 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 King Kong versus Godzilla, right? Like who loses uh, in that battle? Uh, what what city do they fight in? Is that Hong Kong? Oh. I can't remember at the end of that movie, but that the that city is who loses. <laughs> King yeah. Kong and Godzilla both walk away from that fine. <laughs> um, a little worse for wear, but fine. Uh, it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's that city that, that, uh, pays the price. Um, I, I, yeah. And that's exactly like, we're kind of, we're, we are that city and, uh, Disney and, and Scarlett Johansson are having a, a throwdown, but, but Scarlett Johansson is in the right to throw down say, yeah like it the the everything i'm just saying there's this, no hero not, here there's, there's no, no hero no 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 but there's like a whole bunch of funky business with giant corporations that are yeah. making more money than anybody has any right to make and then something funky happens with the world and you don't like honor that funkiness and instead you just are like well technically in the contract it doesn't say we can't do this and you're like yeah, yeah. but like the essence of the contract is now null and void you yeah monkeys so i don't know i don't know what the word that i was trying to say there was it wasn't but, <laughs> well i um, think it i think it was probably a four-letter word and it's warranted yes, but yeah um but it's yeah, like and, but it's it, like it, i don't know like it's my mom has always said that about brokeback mountain she always feels really bad for randy quaid who um took a buyout instead of a percentage of brokeback mountain because huh. he thought it wasn't gonna make money and yeah. my mom, so my mom's always been like, always take percentages. And I'm like, okay, mom, thanks for helping me write my contract. Um, but, uh, but it's not like, it's not like she's the only one that has contracts that are tied to theatrical release. Right. Yeah. Like, but it's, but it's, I think, I don't know. It's all just sort of like, okay, I don't, so I don't. A- Emma Stone, like days after, like within the, like the 24 hours uh, after Scarlett Johansson filed her suit. I I made a comment or or her her people released a comment saying that she was looking at doing the same thing yeah. because because Cruella similarly, similarly was released on Disney yeah. Disney Plus and she's not seeing any back end from that. And, Both of them and, got my money in the theaters though, so good. There you go. I, but I will say the best thing that came out of that was the meme that somebody posted saying. It's it's nice to see these uh, Asian American women standing up for each other. <laughs> Which was uh, too good, too the good. Best bird. Um, oh my god, it's awful. <laughs> like it's awful, but good. I, it's terrible. I, it's terrible. right in that sweet spot. Um, Just in case anybody knows, they both played Asian characters. Yeah. as white people. That's what yeah. that joke is. I just want to make sure people know. Yeah. know what the joke yeah. is. Anyways, um, <laughs> sorry. But Sorry. so so like this is my thing. So this is where I stand on the whole thing. 
I'll sum it all up. I, I, like I said, Scarlett Johansson is right to pursue legal action. They breached a contract. End of conversation. I, Disney and being mad at Disney is a difficult thing. I am not mad at Kevin Feige. As a matter of fact, he came out like, like a day after him was like, I am, I think he said, uh, Oh man, what was it? I'm, I'm embarrassed and angry or something like that. I can't remember what it was at the way that this was handled, basically saying that like, like this is over his head, right? Like this doesn't have anything to do with him. It's Kevin Feige's job to make sure that the, the product is a good product, right? There are other people at Disney who are making the the deals and like, don't get me wrong. He's a part of those conversations, but the negotiations of the big stars contracts are between lawyers, right? Like agents and lawyers. Um, It's, it's, that's not really like, I don't think that he's sitting there going like, make sure that so-and-so is getting this percentage, right? Like, like he's, he's, he's much more big picture than that. Uh, even the directors, I don't think, are are really part of those conversations when it comes to something like the MCU. There's a corporate part of Disney. And ultimately, that corporate part of Disney, even that is not fully to blame because that's a machine that works in reaction to the shareholders because it's a publicly traded company. Right. So actually... The villains in this whole story are the shareholders because they sit in every one of these meetings. And I've I've sat in these meetings like I like I've I've listened in on the shareholders calls because occasionally they drop information. Right. Um, Like like you might you can get tidbits out of these things. And sometimes it's interesting and sometimes it's dry and super boring. (laughs) But. It's not like they don't just have conversation. It's not just a conversation about the the Walt Disney Studios or Marvel Studios or just about Disney parks or even just like a specific park. These are all lumped into the same call. These are all part of one conversation. And the shareholders, particularly the ones who speak, uh, care about two things. I, although there's a pretty, there's a pretty great gem from the last investors call, or I don't know, I might've missed one, but, but, but one of the previous investor calls from earlier this year that I'll talk about, but, um, but most of the time it's, what are we doing right now? It's, what are we doing about the lack of revenue because of COVID because this is hurting my portfolio, right? Or it's people who are completely on the other side of that, who are like, what are you guys doing about working conditions at the Disney parks and like, you know, people who've had to live out of their cars and stuff like that. Like, like, like what is the company doing about these things? Those are much more rare. Those, those shareholders are much more rare, which is unfortunate. The majority of the shareholders, certainly the silent majority of the shareholders are saying, what are you guys doing to rebound from this major loss? Um, because it's, cause it's been rough for Disney over the last year, just like it has been for everybody. So they're making the, 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 this, the corporate side is making decisions in the best interest of the shareholder, not in the best interest of the audience, not in the best interest of the customer, not in the best interest of the creatives or, or the people that they are making the money on the backs of. Um, if this is what they're doing to Scarlett Johansson, the biggest, I, I, a female box office draw on the planet. 
so so therefore like highest paid most successful woman in film and television right like if they're doing that to scarlett johansson what are they doing to the extras what are they doing to the the grips what are they doing to craft services in order to get away with stuff on those levels maybe nothing but also I mean, they probably would have they would have different contracts, but I understand the essence of what you're talking about. For but sure. but yeah, it's yeah. In, in the sense of like if if they're willing to to uh, risk it and fight someone who has the resources to right. take a chunk out of them, right. then they are certainly taking advantage of everybody else. Right. And 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 that 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 is the truth, because what they are paying uh, uh, the people who work at the parks presently to work in an incredibly risky environment. I mean, they did just recently make a decision, but this is, this is again, this isn't on the corporate level. This is, this is on, on a different level. These are different people that have made this decision, but the decision that, that like all uh, salaried and non-union employees of the Walt Disney company have to be vaccinated in order to, in order to basically like work in a setting with other people, if they're work from home, they can choose, but, but they're getting back to not working from home. And it's one of the reasons why that they, they're doing this, making it mandatory. The reason why non-unionized is because they're in the middle of negotiations with the union that it's not as easy. They can't just make an edict. They have to negotiate with the union and the union's not going to agree to that without getting something in return, because that's how unions work. Different kind of corruption, a corruption usually in the, in the in best interest of uh, the employees but at the same time like power corrupts and it, you create a union you got to put somebody in charge of the union somebody has to manage the money for the union and those people are given a lot of responsibility and the second that you give people responsibility tied to money they will take advantage of that in order to fill their own pockets so unions are good but they're not perfect i i so all of that to say this is not simple, except in the sense that it's very simple, uh, because Disney breached a contract <laughs> with someone who has the ability to hire the best lawyers, and they're gonna they're gonna have to pay for it, and it's going to start a wave of these things. I mean, like this happened with Warner Brothers when they announced that everything was coming to HBO Max, and Warner Brothers was much better about it, and just across the board made deals. Right. Like they just they kind of just settled it. Yeah, I do remember that. Yeah. yeah. Um, whereas Disney, I, I think, was hoping that everybody would assume that that's what they were doing. Right. Here's my my the closer on this conversation, on my part of this conversation. And then if, if you got stuff to say, I, I will I will uh, give the concede the floor to you. <laughs> Jungle Cruise came out this week. G- great movie. Fantastic. I mean, like. In terms of movies made based on uh, Disney theme park <laughs> attractions, it's it's in the tier with uh, Pirates of the Caribbean. It is not as good as Pirates of the Caribbean, uh, but it's certainly much better than Haunted Mansion. I I although I think they're making a new Haunted Mansion now, but they did make one with Eddie Murphy that everybody forgets about because it is not it a good movie. Not good, yeah. Um. So check out Jungle Cruise. I uh, and give Disney your money. I did, um, but because I want to continue to get good stuff like that. But uh, I guarantee you, they renegotiated with Dwayne the Rock Johnson. Oh, of course. I guarantee you, and and I would hope that that uh, DJ, 
we're on we're on that kind of a basis, you know. Of course, yeah. yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. They they he went to to Emily, yeah, to bat for Emily Blunt because he's yeah. a good dude. So you would hope so. Um, Gosh, I, I mean, like like by all accounts, as far as I know, he's a good dude, and and Seven Bucks Productions, which is his studio, which is a co-producer on Jungle Cruise, do, it does right by its people so i i and like like you there's lots of stories like like lots of uh, not stories but just like like people talk about his production company in a in a very positive way they have a good reputation so so i wouldn't i wouldn't be surprised if he renegotiated with them a he's an executive producer i mean like, like scarlett johansson executive producer on black widow but um, but like his production companies right up front in the credits of that movie. Um, so it's a, a, he, he made the movie that he's in and Disney released it essentially. Like it's, <laughs> it, so it's a slightly different situation. I think he has probably a little bit more power in that, but also he is a man. So of course he has more power. I, and it's just another, it's just another example. I just bring it up as another example of, I, I, they wouldn't pull this nonsense with. Someone. I don't think that they would pull it with Chris Evans. I don't think that they would pull it with Robert no. Downey Jr. For sure. And I think that that's the whole right? that's the whole point. I think that's that like thing. that character is already a bit hard done by in the like this movie should have come out a long time ago mm-hmm. and all sorts of like it's just a lot of stuff that they just weren't really giving it its due and for this to also happen to it and for them to have waited so long and and then it not anyways. Yeah, it's all good though. I don't. I don't need to talk too much about it. Um, I'm just. I feel like it was enough to just talk yeah. about it and acknowledge it on the podcast. So for sure. Um, no. Yeah. I'm obviously. I had. I had things like I you felt thoughts. like I needed to say. Yeah. I. Just, I think. I. 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 I always like to talk about stuff like this because you and I. I and you more so than I do because because you're actually working in it. But as a as a, uh, uh, I don't know a fan. I guess. I of of movies and the way that they're made. I pay attention to this stuff. It's yeah, important yeah. to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, just to give that yeah. insight to people of like these are these are sort of the things that happen and the reasons why it's it, it you know it's not as cut and dry as I think a lot of the the media coverage is making it. Oh yeah. Um, oh, yeah. It's it, there's a lot more nuance to it. Um, oh, yeah. I said that I would I would tell you guys the 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 funny the funny tidbit from, oh, yeah. from one of those oh, previous yeah. investor calls. I some neckbeard from uh, the middle of nowhere uh, or like, who knows where he's from, but uh, <laughs> definitely a neckbeard guaranteed. You know exactly what he looks like. Uh, he's probably got a YouTube channel. I waited in the last investor or a previous investor call from this year. I think it was like the Q1 investor call for Disney to ask the question I, I of of. I don't remember if it was Bob Iger or Bob Chapek, but but one of the Bobs, I I who's in charge of Disney, I whether or not they were going to fire Kathleen Kennedy, um, because she's ruining Star Wars, and oh my God. I, I I and 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 the response was so good. It was basically like we have no problem with the, we think that like I mean they didn't say we have no problem, but they're like yeah. w- like we think Kathleen is doing an incredible job and we're really excited about all of the because pro- this was this yeah. 
call was in January or February. So it was so after the Bad December Bad. one where they announced yeah. a million new things. Right. Uh, yeah. All. Hey, guess what, guys? Executive produced by Kathleen Kennedy. Um, it's like that, like the, 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 the mental gymnastics to be like, everything good is because Kathleen Kennedy was kept out of it, even though she's the president of Lucasfilm. So there isn't anything that happens at Lucasfilm that she's kept out of. There's maybe some things that she doesn't care about so much, like mobile games. She probably leaves those decisions to other people because it's not really her, her, uh, uh, expertise and she probably doesn't care. Um, although they generate a lot of revenue. I, I, but like when it comes to the movies and the TV shows, like she's directly responsible for every single one of those. And it's always like, it's always like, well, those like the Mandalorian is good in spite of, of (laughs) Kathleen Kennedy. It's like, who do you think hired John Favreau and Dave Filoni to do that? Who made that decision? Because they didn't just make the decision on their own that they were going to make a Star Wars show. And then <laughs> Kathleen Kennedy went, I'm a woman. I guess I don't have a choice. Right? Like, no, she's... Oh, man. Kathleen Kennedy. And then on top of that, it's like, like you just complete and utter ignoramus. That woman is responsible for, like, 70 to 80% of the things that any person loves at any given time. Wow. Like, like in terms yeah. of movies and TV shows, like yeah. Jurassic Park, Indiana Jones, now the most recent Star Wars movies, right? I, I, I mean, like everything that Steven Spielberg has done, she's an executive producer on since she worked on Raiders of the Lost Ark. So like everything, everything after Raiders of the Lost Ark, she's a producer or executive producer on. Like it just like it just it baffles my mind how some people can be so willfully ignorant about this stuff but at the same time i know exactly why and it's because she's a woman uh, i i shouldn't say that it's not because she's a woman it's very specifically to get down to brass tacks because she is not a white heterosexual cisgendered man they because i was yeah they would have That's a problem it. with any yeah, of the other things yeah because yeah. if she's any if she were anything other than that it, that would also be a problem right <laughs> but yeah. but 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 also i will laser focus in on the fact that a lot of white heterosexual cisgendered men or at least people who claim to be uh just to throw that in there as a qualifier <laughs> i i they are very threatened by powerful women and and as I've said before on the podcast, I mean, like, like as, as if this is therapy or something like that. I know that for a fact because I have been one of those men who reacted from that place, <laughs> right? Of, like, women in authority are very threatening to me. And it's yeah. like I, I've talked about anytime we talk about Poe Dameron in The Last Jedi, it's why I love his story so much because he exemplifies that male ideology and he has an arc where he comes through it by the end and he's right. set up yeah. to be able to be like a fully realized hero leader who can take over and and fill the shoes of General Organa, right? Yeah. And the reason why he has to go through that is because he is a man and because Ryan Johnson is a smart guy and thought like if Poe Dameron is going to be the kind of leader that, that Leia... Organa solo Skywalker or Skywalker solo, I guess Skywalker solo. I uh, 
I don't know. Like, what, which one of those names? Did that, come why first? did you just? Yeah, I was gonna say, why did you make whichever one she would like to come first? Yeah, but say, I'm just thinking, like, in terms of the hierarchy, is she a Skywalker first or an Organa first? Right, because she's born a Skywalker and then she's adopted as an Organa and then marries into the Solo family. But Solo is mean, not I, even a real last name because it was just given to him by some random guy. I still. That's why I still think airport. she's Organa. Yeah, I think that I think course. that Organa is who she is and that yeah. everything else she can claim, but that like who you are doesn't necessarily like you're still like I don't have my mom's maiden name, 100%. but I just came from I just came from a family reunion. It doesn't make me any less part of that family that I don't have their last name. Totally. So uh but um, I but I'm but the idea of like claiming i think organa did a lot for the organas did a lot for her and i feel like she and plus so. she doesn't need to be associated with any of those patriarchal blah 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 anyways it's fine carry uh, on yeah 100 <laughs> percent. i but yeah so in order for poe dameron a guy to be able to lead in the footsteps of leia organa mm-hmm. he has to he has to go through a heroine's journey. And like, it's, yeah. I, we did an episode of faster, more intense. I, I, with, uh, or I did, I, was this on the episode? I think this is the conversation that we had on the episode, uh, with, with Ty black from the YouTube channel, Witten Folly. She is one of my favorite people on the internet. Uh, and one of my favorite people to talk about star Wars with, I uh, and we had an awesome conversation and we, I, I'm pretty sure it was on the podcast that we talked about that. I know that I have talked about that specifically with her. I don't remember if it was when we were recording or at some other point, but um, yeah, it, like he, he does. It's not a, one of the reasons why a lot of guys don't like Poe's story in that is because it's actually, it's not a hero's journey. It's a heroine's journey. And one of the reasons why is because like, he, like Poe's already been on a hero's journey. He's probably been on like three or four um, because he, of the type of guy that he is. Right. I mean, like he did in The Force Awakens, he went on a hero's journey. It was just all off screen. <laughs> we didn't get to see any of it. And then he that's, shows that's up fair. Yep. as like and 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 saves the day partway through the movie. Um, they still haven't told that story anywhere, which is just unbelievable. But do you need, some stories don't need to be told. It's just, but it's Star Wars, and it's like it I like mean, they yeah. fill in the gaps on so many things that nobody <laughs> asked for. But like the, anyways, that's I fair. I. There are two different books and I think an animated short or two that tell the story of what happened to BB-8 the night that he was by himself. <laughs> like in the time between he left Poe and met Ray, because the next time <laughs> that we see him, he's captured by Tito, right? Right. Yeah, um, so what happened to for him to get captured? There are there are two stories and then also I, I, one, I think it's a Forces of Destiny short cartoon that like maybe one of the rollouts also is about that. Like they've told that story so many times. What, how did Poe Dameron get off Jakku? No one knows. <laughs> Anyways. Um, yeah. So in order for him to become a fully realized person, he had to, he, he had to, uh, I reintegrate the feminine into his personhood, right. In order, in order to, to be able to be a good leader. And like that's what the Last Jedi is about. He goes on, he goes on that that uh, uh, heroine's journey, and 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 gains that feminine perspective. And he's still got a long ways to go. I think he still would have to have a lot to learn. It's a continuous process, but he at least gets to the point where like he doesn't need to be threatened by 
a woman with more power than him anymore. Right. Okay. Like he can not just, cause there is a bit of like a, well, I respect Leia. Right. Like if you had asked him, he would have been like, I respect Leia. I listen to her. And it's like, no, you don't. You directly disobeyed an order at the beginning of this movie. <laughs> right. But if you had asked him, that would have been his response. So he had he to come back so. to the point yeah. where it's like, Hey, just because of, you know, what's in your flight suit doesn't mean that you're more qualified to make that call than she is. Right. Now, all of that to say, Poe did make the right call because if they hadn't destroyed the dreadnought, they would have jumped to hyperspace. And then moments later, the first order would have jumped after them and the dreadnought would have fired on the Radis and they would have been done. But he didn't know that. He didn't have that information. That's that's not he he made the right call, but by sheer dumb luck, not out of, <laughs> not out of any sort of male uh, uh, expertise. Um uh, or skill or aptitude. So, uh, yeah, The Last Jedi is a great movie, though. Um, I love The Last Jedi. Best, yeah. best Star Wars movie. I, I, I mean, it doesn't stand on its own, which is one of those things that I always go back to with The Empire Strikes Back. So it's like solo, solo, one hundred percent stand on its own and and can be its own movie, um, uh, without any other context. And so maybe it's the best Star Wars movie, but. Whoa. Well, there you go. Conversation for a different time. I <laughs> some may say we've already had this conversation in podcast multiple times. <laughs> I on multiple occasions on multiple different podcasts. Some of them about Star Wars and some of them decidedly not. I you know like some of them a podcast that we were supposed to be talking about Stephen Amell. I I and whatever nonsense is going on there. You know my life has been so much better. <laughs> With the absence of having to care about what Stephen Amell is doing, didn't uh, he get kicked off a plane? Did we talk about that? No, we didn't. And this, and that's exactly it. <laughs> that's exactly it. We don't have to. We yeah, don't have to. He absolutely fair. got ejected from a plane for being uh, a complete and utter uh, uh, douche nozzle. Mop I guarantee it. it. Um, <laughs> yeah. For screaming at his wife. And revealing himself to be a little bit more of who he is than what his public persona has been for the last 10 years. Um, yeah, man. <laughs> uh, it was very satisfying when that happened. And I had that specific thought of like, this is fantastic. I don't have to talk about this on a podcast. Nice. I, yeah. uh, we can because we want to, but uh, it can be as brief and fleeting as it just was. I, I, yeah, awesome. no, I, I, we don't, I don't, I, here's the biggest thing. I don't have to pretend anymore like Stephen Amell is a great guy because he was on our podcast that one time. Um, because the truth, not to put him on the blast, I think that's how the kids say it. Uh, but I, no. after that podcast, when he got what he wanted from us, uh, he never returned another one of my emails after that. Not not a single one. And I, I tried throughout that season to connect with him again. And it's like once that podcast was released, never heard from him again. Um, he also did like he he gave me a copy of season one signed, uh, which is was a very nice thing of him to do. And he like, yeah, out of I his way too. Cool. to come back did, to the comic book you, store. I don't know if he owed you a follow up, though. He like, he didn't like a he didn't. But but it was very much like it was it rather than it being like because because his public persona is very much, Oh, what a great guy. He loves his fans. 
rather than us developing a relationship with him after him having been on the podcast, it was very transactional. He wanted to oh, be on a podcast. I mean, yeah. We set up the thing. He was on our podcast. Yeah. Uh, and then once that was done, the transaction was over and we no longer had any reason to do business with, with each other because he'd I mean, gotten the bump that he was looking for. And to be fair, we got an incredibly significant bump from it that we rode for another three or four seasons before it started to dwindle. So like, you know, it was mutually beneficial. So I'm not like, I'm not mad or anything. It's just one of those things where like, by contrast, Greg Miller, who is, I mean, not as big of a, he's not a TV or movie star, but I mean, like he's a pretty in demand person in terms of, of, of like reachability. And he was on our podcast at one point when he came up to Vancouver and every time he's come through Vancouver since then, like, and he, if he talks about it on the podcast or whatever and says, Oh, we're going through Vancouver, we're going to be, I'm going to be there for whatever. I send him an email and say, Hey, if you have time, let's do a podcast. It hasn't worked out. Cause he's like, it's always been like a fly in fly out sort of situation. Um, but he always responds to my email within a week like every single time and and like he's a very busy person and doesn't have to and certainly doesn't owe me anything uh in the same way so it's like you know there's just the contrast on those that's all i'm saying i i and steven and the other part of that is that steven amell in that time period was definitely trading off the oh he's so good to his fans right and so like he but he got to a certain point and then it was like okay now I don't have to be. Now I don't have to do any of and this And I mean, to be fair, he didn't have to be. He doesn't. He, he doesn't. Is, no. Um, and it's not going to affect yeah. anything about the rest of his career because he's going to go do his wrestling show. And uh, and you know what? To be honest, if it's accessible to me, and it, it's on Stars in the States, which like I don't so, know what so that translates to up here. Yeah, no so idea. I don't know if it by some chance ends up on Crave because sometimes shows like that end up on Crave in Canada. They do. Then they I do. will watch it. If I have to pay for it, I'm not watching it. <laughs> now there is, I will say, talking about streaming services, there's one thing that I kind of like about, I, you know, globalization being like the death of creativity or whatever. But homogeneity is kind of useful when Canada really only has a couple of broadcasters that buy stuff. Yeah. So basically, like anything that's on Hulu or Stars or those really like sort of out there channels do usually find their way to something that's like the one or two stations that we actually yeah. get. If it's so. not on Netflix, it's not on Apple TV, it's not on Amazon Prime, it's not on um, uh, Disney Plus. It's on which Crave. which actually accounts for a lot more content than people realize. It's probably going to be on Crave for us. So that means right. HBO, uh, uh, Showtime, some of the FX shows. Although some of that stuff is now going to be on Disney Plus, but like some some of that stuff ends up on there. I I. Yeah, like like all sorts of networks, Hulu, uh, all sorts of, of different distributors, they all end up in that bucket of Crave. Uh, and yep. uh, and if they're not there, they're probably on Amazon Prime through Stack TV. Um, but Stack TV is like an additional $15 on top of your Amazon Prime and I, like a month. It's not worth it. Uh, and I would really like to watch the Save by the Bell reboot. I still haven't watched it. But there's no way for me to purchase it. I can only get it as a part of Stack TV, and I'm not doing it. Uh, see, do they it. need to let us purchase stuff too. That's that's the real of, thing. I want to be able to just buy stuff more often. But anyways, I um I had so many movies because I haven't been going to the movie theater. And the one credit card I have, do I get Aeroplan points? No. What do I get? 
movie points. Cineplex yeah. movie points. Have I been in the Okanagan for most of the summer? Yes. Do they have a Cineplex in Penticton? No. No. <laughs> so I've been going to Landmark Cinemas. Anyways, um, Cineplex is what I have, but I can now use my points. Like ever since the pandemic, I've been able to use my points to buy movies. I think you probably could beforehand, but I didn't do it. And it was just amazing. So I bought like Emma when it first came out. I remember like raving about Emma being available. Um, I wound up like caving and buying Chaos Walking because I wanted to watch it and it came out. I didn't, I don't, there was nothing else to watch. And I was like, oh, <laughs> this has some important people in it and it's yeah. science fiction and I have free points so I can just get this for free. And so I bought it. I, I just, I don't. I don't know, man. Have you, you haven't seen chaos walking. Have not, you? I, and you don't, I, I you're not going to watch it. I wouldn't even use fake monopoly movie theater money <laughs> like to, I to just, watch chaos walking. I'll watch it one day, like five years from now when it, when it's on a random streaming service and I'm like homesick. I'll, but I was like, I was like, I'll is it going to be Jupiter ascending bad? Sure. <laughs> like I just, but it, and I was like, surely it's, it can't be like as terrible as it seems like it is. And it, it was though, like it was, and it's just like Tom Holland and um, Daisy, Daisy Ridley are better. Are, they're better than that. Yeah. Like, it's just, it was so bizarre watching this movie. And also, I will say, actually, at its core, the one problem was, is that they didn't actually figure out who the lead character was. And so, like, it's like, it, it the movie is very different if you're watching it yeah. from Daisy, like, the, the female perspective or the male perspective. And unfortunately, they didn't, they never <laughs> really figured out whose perspective you're supposed to care about. They sort of made it a bit more Tom Holland's, but I think that that was a poor, poor choice. Um, but it's, yeah, it's, it has a fantastic cast, though. Like, this movie is, like, gr like should yeah, have been... They really, really like Joe they Jonas really tried to make it movie. something that it was never going to be. Yeah. Like, but it, but the thing is, is that like, I like, if you have a hard sci-fi concept like that, and I don't know if people are familiar with chaos walking, but basically the conceit is that there's colonization colonizers and they land on a planet in which the, all of the men's thoughts can be heard by all of the women. Or by everybody, like all of the men's thoughts can be heard, and so that's the that's the conceit of it. And then Daisy Ridley is a second, like colonizing party, and lands. Um, her ship burns up, so she's the only survivor from that from that particular ship. And then she comes across Tom Holland's character, and then they all like she realizes like what it is, and everybody's freaking out, like because it's all only men, and you're like, what happened to all the women? It really wasn't. Oh, it just they they could have done so many cool things with the conceit, like the way that they set it up or the way, but even as I'm watching it, I'm like, I don't even know how you would edit this differently to work because the core of it, like they didn't quite get, like they open it up with a, with a quote from the book, I guess. Cause I think it's a book. Right. And I'm like, I can imagine how this would make a much better book. Um, but like the quote is something it's like, and something about like to hear men's thoughts is just chaos walking. And I'm kind of like, what? Why wouldn't you just call the movie something different so that we understood what it was? Like, it's just it, like, that's yeah. why they like they had to put a quote at the beginning. So you understood why the why, movie why was the called Chaos Walking. And it's just from that moment, like it's it's the first thing that comes up is this quote. And I'm like, oh, when you have to explain the title, yeah. hey, <laughs> like hey, in a hey, quote. Uh, guys, we got a problem. <laughs> we got a problem yeah, with this. Script. Like, it's like, mm, mm, yeah. okay, cool. Uh, but also like the, like it, 
in an age where like the 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 crux of that could be and i mean here's maybe a spoiler for chaos walking i guess if you care about it it's not really gonna be a, a very big spoiler but like the um the main conceit is that they had driven out all of the women and mostly it's just because there's this one incredible like misogynistic a-hole basically that's in charge of the whole thing and in in a in a in a society where we could do like great deconstructions about toxic masculinity like yeah. they just miss doing that it's mads mickelson who is the like who's the may like he's like the mayor of the like man town or whatever and like the conceit is that tom holland's character doesn't understand doesn't like thinks all the women died but they didn't they just went to a different place and it's like <laughs> that's supposed to be like this big thing and i'm like oh no you guys could have done that way like it's it was, it's just missing, like, it, it just could have done all of this great stuff about deconstructing toxic masculinity, and it just didn't. And instead, you're just kind of like, wait, well, well, do we, he's just sort of a bad guy, but you're like, he's so obviously a bad guy. And then they have this even, like, this, like, preacher character that's supposed to be, like, even more extreme, and you're like, you're just adding extra levels of the same, like, masculine, toxic masculinity is bad here's one version of it that's violent here's another version that's loud here's another version that hates itself <laughs> like and it's like i don't know it could have been cool i'm now i'm now wondering if there was any women on the creative staff i'm now actually completely realizing that maybe <laughs> maybe it's because patrick ness the screenwriter no patrick ness the screenplay by and christopher ford the screenplay by and director doug Lyman didn't talk to any women when they were making this movie. Here's, I'm now realizing here, that's probably what it was. Here's a, here's a thing. And th this is the thought exercise. Cause I went through this the other day. I was yeah. listening to a song. I'm not going to give this away because I, because like, I don't, I don't, I'm, this, I think this is a good idea and maybe I'll give it to somebody else mm -hmm. one day, but, um, but it's definitely not an idea for me to pursue any further than, uh, uh, uh maybe like a story by credit on something mm -hmm. one day. Um, but I had an idea listening to a song, you know how, like often, especially romantic comedies, I'm just readjusting my corn up. I apologies if you guys hear <laughs> that. Um, a lot of romantic comedies or especially like teen comedies, especially like, like sort of in the eighties and nineties would be named after a song. And, and you kind of like, like it's, they're loosely based on a song sort of thing. Right. I, I like uh, can't buy me love is a great example of this uh, uh, Patrick yeah, Dempsey okay. movie. Um, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I where like you you start there and then you and then you make a you create a story around that. I, and, I read uh, I read that there is an author that does that and I read her books. I I it's a <laughs> Taylor Swift song. Carry and okay. and uh, listening to it with Kara yesterday in, in the car uh, on the way to go buy our uh, uh, Super Mario Luigi Lego set. Um, and I, I and I had this whole concept for like a movie based on this Taylor Swift song, an older one. Uh, and I and I was like, but I am I cannot I could not even. I can like, I have this idea. So I have like these broader points of a romantic comedy that could work around this, but right. it would definitely not be my story to tell because yeah. it is not, 
uh, I do. I am not reflected in any of these characters directly. What is it? But what is it? I can't. I'm not gonna say it because I don't want to give it away oh, for on. free here. Because oh, like specifically, okay. I'll tell you. I'll tell you later. Okay. But not on the podcast because I don't want to. And then I'll promptly. And then I'll promptly forget that you told me and make it anyways. Just like yeah. the zombie porn idea that I fully thought was my own idea. And then you're but, like, uh, I told you that but, idea. Yeah, that was my idea. Yeah. I. <laughs> I. So yeah. I, but I did have the realization of like, oh, this would be a story specifically about a, a, a queer or gay character. And like, I don't have the perspective to write that. Like, I don't have the perspective to get any further than I just got in an authentic, like, could I, as a white, as a mediocre white man, absolutely, I could do it and maybe even sell it. Maybe even sell it. And then somebody else would come on and rewrite it and it would be a much better screenplay than what I could write because I'm not a writer. But I could do that as a mediocre white man. But, I, but I'm but i not going to because I recognize that, like, that's not... It's just not a story for me to tell. It's not... Like, like so, you know, like, I, I would be happy to hand it off to somebody else who could have that perspective and bring some authenticity to it and then be associated with it and be like, well, this this uh, mediocre straight white guy had the idea and we're happy that he did because we turned it into something that really means something. And uh, thankfully, and you know, like, like, I, th- I feel like I could get some kudos for not yeah. being that guy. Not I, being, yeah, not, not. Right. Which, which but to I... me is like, I would aspire to that. And I think that more mediocre uh heterosexual cisgendered white men should aspire to uh getting props for not thinking that they can write a story about gangster rap in you know south los angeles (laughs) right or something like that right as an example to pull out of my butt so here's the, I've, I actually never thought to do this before, to like look at the book. And so yeah. the book is called The Knife of Never Letting Go. And apparently it's like a multiple, there's multiple like, and it's Patrick Ness is the author of this. But like the description is that it's like Todd Hewitt is the only boy in a town of men. And it's something that like something he knows it's, they're lying to him and he must leave. So he flees with just his dog. And then he stumbles across this woman who he can't hear. Who is she? Why wasn't she killed by all like all the other female and then it's like propelled by todd's gritty narration readers are in for a white knuckle journey of a boy on the cusp of manhood must unlearn anything he knows everything he knows in order to figure out who he truly is the movie did not do that at all that sounds like it would be interesting but i'm worried i'm wondering if it's because they needed tom holland to be likable like that character they they didn't let him never they never let him be anything less than heroic and the problem with that that is that like because yeah like what you just outlined yeah is yeah. an allegory from breaking out of misogynistic yeah, yeah exactly and, exactly like, like and that sounds interesting thinking. as heck yeah. yeah that sounds really great but, but they you didn't can't let make them, that a movie they, you can't no because otherwise you made the last jedi yeah. and <laughs> we just talked about <laughs> exactly that, exactly why that doesn't but work. it's but it's um it's fascinating. I'd love somebody else. I'd love to talk to somebody else who has watched it just like in terms of like deconstructing yeah. what I think, like if this is, if other people saw that same thing, but like, that's really, I think my biggest, my biggest you problem know, with it is that it was like so watered down yeah. that it lost any core of, of what was 
interesting in any way. Six years ago, six years ago, I would watch it just so that we could have that conversation. Right. But in my in my present, as people who uh, listen to the uncut version of this episode will understand, I just I just can't. (laughs) You just can't. It's out. It's outside of my control. Yeah. no, I, all, my my there. days are very firmly uh, uh, taken up by screaming children and ASMR videos. Those are the, <laughs> those are the only sounds that Amazing. go into my head these days, um, and not a lot of not a lot of uh, visuals that because uh, I'm usually looking at my screen and trying to work as I as I listen to those two varieties of sounds. Um, yeah, I hey, uh, if you want to have a, t- a conversation about. Uh, uh, rainbow rangers nice. fully prepared Ooh. for that one Ooh, um, it's a short conversation but but i'm there uh, uh did you watch jungle cruise i mean like i brought it up briefly i but... i haven't watched jungle cruise but i think i will um if nothing else because people keep saying that it's a mix of oh what are what are they saying of the mummy and uh, pirates of the caribbean pirates maybe it's that and i love the mummy (laughs) like that movie is so fun and i'm kind of like i didn't know that they were gonna put the joke obviously they now in hindsight i'm like oh of course they should have but like that there are some jokes from the ride in the movie and that makes me happy so but also like the jungle jungle cruise is not my favorite ride because i hate like (laughs) like i hate having to be like okay make me laugh and like the purpose of the jungle cruise is to like sit in a boat and like <laughs> these like people try to anyways and you enjoy the like pretending to be on a jungle cruise but uh i don't know i also um i this is like a terrible because you just like praised him but it's like i have a real hard time watching things with the rock in them because the world loves him so much <laughs> And I know that that's like really weird. Yeah, but that's I just, definitely like, your problem. It's that's very your, much my problem. problem. It's a very much, but it's like, it's because it becomes a bit too much, right? Where everybody's like, yeah. here's the rock. Everybody should love him. Everybody loves the rock. And I'm kind of like, eh, do I love the rock? Or do people just tell me that I love the rock? And so then okay. I can't quite, but I did quite enjoy Jumanji. So that was like. Look, hey, Fine. if you if you enjoy Jumanji, <laughs> you'll enjoy, uh, enjoy Jungle Cruise. I, this is Jumanji adjacent, man. Like it okay. doesn't get much I more figured, Jumanji I sort adjacent of, than this. I sort of figured he's as much, jungle, and I feel like he's the rock. Yeah, he's yeah, very yeah, funny yeah. and charming. There you go. That's good. Yeah, but I mean, it's but the, that's a, it's like, but it's also kind of like, well, I've already seen that. It was called Jumanji. It's, <laughs> Welcome to the jungle. <laughs> but it's adjacent. It's not the same as Jumanji. Okay. Yeah, that's yeah. for sure. Because Jumanji is absurd what? comedy. This is a yes. little bit more in like the fantasy comedy realm. That's right. Um, that's there's right. some absurd stuff in it, but that's part of the fantasy. Whereas like with with uh, uh, with with uh, DJ's two two Jumanji movies, very different from the Robin Williams Jumanji. You notice that I put the proper respect on the Robin Williams because you, yeah, right. Because um, yeah. I wouldn't deign to be so familiar with with uh the late great robin williams but but uh but yeah no me and dj we got we got we got a different type of relationship yes Um, (laughs) but yeah i i man i wish i knew the rock that would be so cool i i feel like many people do yeah he's one person though appeal but this is what i mean though this is what i mean is that i feel like of all of the people that i could like because he's just like so out there that i feel like it it would make me less 
excited to me. Do you want? Do you want to know? Do you want to know the the like like the moment that I decided that like, that the Rock was not just that a movie star that I like, but a person yes. that I really like? Oh yes, I do. It's seeing him with his with his kids. Oh yeah, with I mean, here's daughters. the thing. Here's the thing. I do follow him on Instagram, yeah. and, <laughs> and I and don't follow very many celebrities on Instagram. As so, much yes. as as much yes. as a movie star who travels all over the world for their job can be, he he seems to be a very good dad, and yeah. uh, uh, That's and true. he certainly does a good good job of 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 looking the part he is an actor maybe, so who knows but maybe but, that's maybe that's what it is is it's like somebody can't be that perfect like it's just frustrating well i don't think he's that perfect my, I, like i just said he's, my life. he's a movie star that spends most of his time traveling all over the world making movies and not actually with his family uh he definitely prioritizes eating gigantic stance, stacks of pancakes over <laughs> um you know like humanitarian work because <laughs> it's more important for him to be the size of a mountain. Um, That's fair. Yeah. You know, I mean, like, yeah, like, like, like the. It's not that the man is he without is quite flaws. large. He is quite I, large. I, yeah, like, there's, there's definitely a lack of balance there. But in terms of all of the guys who are gigantic mountains, I uh, he seems to be the most well-rounded. I would say. Nice. Uh, and I, yeah. uh, I, actually, actually, you know what. I'm going to take that back. I'm going to take that back. Whoa, he is the second is. most well-rounded. I think that Dave Batista is oh. quite possibly like, like out of, out of all of the like wrestlers turned, uh, uh, AAA movie stars currently. Um, so, you know, you've got, uh, uh from yesteryear, a large number it, from <laughs> yesteryear, like you've got number. your Hulk Hogan's who it turns out, uh, you know, like Hulk Hogan, awful, awful person. I was going to say, yeah, um, I don't think he did too well. John Cena got popular for a but while. But John Cena, who also seems like a great guy, very funny, yeah. uh, very yeah. charming guy. Yeah. Um, uh, I have a, I have a book that, 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 uh, that, oh no, wait, sorry. That's not John Cena. That's the other one. The one that that's like John Cena, but isn't a wrestler. Uh, Magic I, Mike. Oh, I love Channing Tatum. Channing Tatum. I he yes. he wrote a book for his for his daughter or with his daughter, I think, called oh. Sparkleina. Uh, that's Cute. a great. It's a great little uh, uh, amazing uh, children's story. Um, but um, I see how you would get the two of them mixed up. I will. Yeah, say. It, I was so. gonna say, but like, oh, like good. he's not. He was not a wrestler, but like, he was a stripper. He's he, he branched from the same tree. Let's say. Branched from the stripping, same tree. stripping and wrestling, sports entertainment and yeah, yeah. exotic dancing. I think mm-hmm. branched yeah. from the same tree. There you go. I one, I, one is I gladiatorial, concur. like let's beat the snot out of each other. The other one is is instead of violence, it's sex. Right? Like go. I said, they're they're both coming from Branch, uh, carnal yeah, passion. From the same tree. Right? Yeah, branches from the same tree. So, uh, I but uh, and also like a mountain of a human being. Right? I mean, like just yes. a just a uh, well. uh, yeah. chiseled from stone. I yes. I. Yeah. Um, what was I saying? What was I talking about? The Rock <laughs> seems like a good guy. I think they that you good. need to work out your issues with The Rock. With Batista. I think. I do. I think that. I mean, they, it's not. It's not my own issues, though. It doesn't hurt anybody else. So I. It's hurt, I but it's hurting like, you. I think it's hurting you. Oh, okay. That's, it's I mean, it's not allowing you. You're going like I don't know if I want to see the Jungle Cruise, which is a very fun movie. Okay. Because you're like, The Rock is too popular. But I also don't know if I felt like watching, I think maybe it's more just I have to be in the mood because I also didn't feel like watching Jumanji, Welcome to the Jungle. 
I had to be very much in the mood to watch that movie. So maybe sure. that's just more that's just more what it is. It's just about the the type of camp that I'm uh, that I'm agreeing it, to. Uh, uh, the 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 thing that I think I'll say to to con- like not convince you but sort of like push you in the right direction is that it is not his movie. It is very much a a ensemble with the two uh, not an ensemble so much i mean like there are some other great performances in it right. but it is very much about the two of them it is emily right. Blunt yeah. first yeah. and and the rock second in that um and and i think that like there's a it's a really really good balance she definitely holds her own against him nice. in it um which is important for the story itself like it's it's, yeah, it's yeah. really good casting because yeah. finding the right woman to play opposite the rock in this scenario probably was not an easy thing to do. And she does a very, very good job of that. And, and Jesse Plemons, uh, who people would remember from Friday night lights is a fantastic villain. And he's not in any of the promotional material. Like the promotional material is just the two of them. It's just like, like, and that comedian, the guy that goes, on yeah, that uh, that's always like with Noel with Fielding. I I I that often is like the no 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 no. Uh, sorry, that's that's somebody different. Jack something. I don't know. I think. Uh, are, are you talking about like the the third person in their little like expedition thing? The I think it's like her brother or something. Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. I'm talking about. Yeah. He's he's on uh, what the quiz show. Whatever. I think it's. Is it just called the quiz show? The, I can't oh remember. my, the great big fat quiz of the week. But no, that's um Richard I- Iote or whatever. Sometimes, yeah, but but he's one of he's part of that group. He's oh, maybe he's part of that. Part okay, of that cool. Group. And I don't think is Richard Iote on Noel Fielding's team usually. Yeah, isn't he? Is he? Okay. I thought I, I know it, that it's I've usually seen them. the two of them. Okay. What is this guy's Whitehall? Jack Whitehall. I would like everybody to know that I remembered it just by looking at a photo. I did not find the name. Okay. I'm very proud of myself for having remembered his name. <laughs> anyway. He's he's most certainly in that circle. He, uh, yes, that's fair. I mean, uh, of the British comedians that are yeah. on Big Fat Quiz of the Year. Yes. <laughs> he's he's uh, he's he's pretty good in it. He's not I would not consider him a standout. Um I mean, I don't uh, I wouldn't expect him movie. to be a standout. I just uh well, you never know. I was I aware mean, like, of him. Hey, I would say that in the Jumanji movie, Jack Black steals every scene that he's in. Oh, I mean, that is In fair. both of them. Yes. In both Jumanjis. He did such a good job. I haven't seen the second one yet, but uh, yeah. It's not as good, but it's still yeah. fun. It's still worth the ride. Yeah. That's still a, worth, that's still worth the, 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 the price of admission on that that's one. Perfect. And when it I was, say price of admission, I mean it's you can watch it on a streaming service, yes. so it doesn't really cost you anything. But I mean, um, yes, no, I agree that he, uh, that, because that's a hard. Dif- I didn't know if I was gonna be okay with Jack Black playing. Jack <laughs> Black <laughs> really balances out the Kevin Hart situation. Oh, yeah, you know what yeah. I mean. <laughs> and like, I know that some people really like Kevin Hart, and I think The Rock is one of those people, which is why they work <laughs> together so often. Uh, and they've got a good back and forth. But I, yeah, I don't know. I like Kevin Hart sometimes, but not all the time. And I think that he's like, it's just, it's just a little bit too much of the high pitched. I'm exasperated and I'm going to let you know it throughout the whole movie in that one. 
I mean, you never really get you never really get a reprieve from it in the in the jungle in the Jungle Book in the J- in Jumanji movies. Um, actually, I shouldn't say that. In the second one, he's a different character, but a yeah. uh, different person. But uh, uh, yeah. Anyway, I get it. Um, I, the Jumanji movies, both big recommends from me. I love both of those. I haven't uh, seen the second one yet. I'm excited. And yeah. and Jungle Cruise, absolutely. I right the on. first Pirates of the Caribbean is a good movie because we kind of brought that up. I do and, love the first Pirates of the Caribbean. I actually and, and there are up. two there are two really good Mummy movies, and I'm not sure how many more they made after that. Did they make <laughs> four? I'm sure that they made lots, but I definitely like they did definitely make one that The Rock was in, didn't they? Oh yeah, he's in the second one. He he's is Scorpion, the Scorpion King, King, right? Yeah, yeah. And then they so made the Scorpion maybe there's King. some crossover. And the Scorpion King, not as bad as everybody says that it is. It's mm-hmm. bad. Don't get me wrong. It's not a good movie. It's definitely like a late '90s on a scale movie. of on a scale of Chaos Walking to Jungle Cruise. I think it's definitely <laughs> better than Chaos write? Walking. <laughs> But Chaos Walking seems like it's bad for other reasons. One of those being like sort of pretentious reasons of yeah. like. Oh, I will say that the actual like effects were okay. I mean, it was a Western movie, which yeah. I always think it's so weird when they have to make like sci-fis like live in certain worlds where they're like steampunk or whatever. Anyways, it's fine. What do but I do like the, the one got- thing. We got the we got 1999 The Mummy with Brendan Fraser, right? We've got yes. The Mummy Returns in 2001. And then 2008 The Mummy Tomb of the Dragon Emperor, but is that the third one? That's the fourth one, isn't it? I didn't watch Tomb of the Dragon Empire, so I don't know. Dragon Emperor. Emperor. Jesus. Listen, <laughs> listen when I talk. Uh, uh, no, I I heard what you said. I just said it wrong. Okay, on purpose. In my head, yeah, well no, in my head That's I weird. said Emperor. But I said Empire. Oh, so it's you okay. just you just mumbled it. I just mumbled it. it. But in my head, I was talking about the person, not the place. So um, you're the, I you're, have the to finish, you're the you're the mumbly then. I have to finish my thought. Yeah, go ahead. Because I was going to say that in Chaos Walking, there is straight up a reference to the cryogenic chambers for the horses. So I will say that I like the intention of the Western. Like they 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 did the sci-fi. All right. And now all I think about are cryogenic horse chambers. And I'm kind of like, why were there not other animal cryogenic chambers on this spaceship? Anyways, carry on and tell me all the different types of mummy movies that there have been. I'm checking. Though there, okay. So there are there are only three. I thought that there was one in between the 2008 and... Well, I, think, I think the Scorpion the King. I guess. I guess. Probably talked about that the one. The Scorpion King spinoff series. And there, technically, was one, there was one that was an oh old one. Oh, boy. There are technically five Scorpion King movies. Well, there you um, go. Now, That's probably. Let's be really clear. There's only one that was released in the theater. <laughs> uh, or, or was the second one released? No, it, it is a 2008 prequel direct to video film. The Scorpion King I don't, 2. I, have Rise I of seen Order. Tomb of the Dragon Emperor? I don't know if I've seen this. Is the, I've is never the seen it. Ad, is the kid an adult? Oh, I think Jet so. Lee. Yeah. What? I don't think I've seen this one. See, like, the, like Dwayne the Rock Johnson, DJ is definitely not in this oh, movie. Oh, it's because they it's because they recast Evelyn. That's why I didn't watch it. I think I there was protesting. Go. There you go. Because I because Evelyn Evie is like my favorite. Yeah. Like she I she did that. such a good job. So, so I only saw the first two, I think, because then this third one, I was like, well, it doesn't have the full cast, therefore it's not real. Even though John Hanna came back as John, 
I would just like to say that I the Scorpion King two. We're kind of on separate paths right now, but they're parallel. Yeah, but they're, they're they. It's they okay. Come back. They we're both work. doing the work. The Scorpion yeah. King two: Rise of a Warrior. There is not a single person in this on the Wikipedia starring like so like the headlining stars of this movie that I have any familiarity with whatsoever. <laughs> that is impressive <laughs> that's impressive because like come on like i am i uh, i i have a problem right like like i i watch too many movies and tv shows and i care too much about this stuff and i don't know who any of these people are usually wow. even in bad yeah. movies there's usually at, there's least, at least one somebody. person that i'm like yeah. oh i i man what's this? the guy who's in all of bad movies eric something i can't remember I, I let's see let's see for three who's who's here uh oh man see here we go here we go Tamar Morrison is in Scorpion King 3 so that's Django Fett I was gonna say yeah slash Boba Fett yeah I uh, Kimbo Slice is a familiar name but I'm not 100% sure who that person is Dave Batista is in the Scorpion King 3 which was a directed nice. DVD nice. release <laughs> Billy Zane Oh, Billy Zane is in it, dude. Yeah, fall fall from grace, Billy Zane. I I and I Ron Perlman. Well, okay, so obviously that. the Scorpion Two was that somebody just got some extra money and the title, the Scorpion King, and they were able to do whatever they wanted, but they didn't have enough money to do much with it. I uh, here, here's so. here's here's what happened. Here's what happened. I'll guarantee you because because I'll, I'll I'll I have I have evidence of this. To follow up with it okay, with Scorpion okay. King 4. So here's what happened for sure. Scorpion King 1 comes out. Not good enough, not big enough box office to justify Scorpion King 2 in the theaters. But certainly enough brand recognition to put something on the shelf with the blockbuster. Right? Oh, yeah. So right. let's make a second one. But hey, we're not spending any money on this. Because <laughs> like we're going to have to go drive out into the desert. Probably in Arizona. But like we'll pretend we're in Egypt. I uh, or or we will go to Europe and we will go to like the middle of nowhere uh, <laughs> and make this movie for absolutely nothing. And they put it out and as a DVD release trading on the 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 expectation that, oh, DJ is going to show up in this at some point, though. Right. Like he's at least going to like like yeah, like young Indiana Jones Chronicles style. He's going to like narrate the beginning of this, isn't he? Right? No, he's not in it at all. But people are going to rent it anyways, which means Blockbuster is going to get themselves 30 copies of this this garbage movie. So we're going to make some money off of this. So they do, and they go, what, what would happen if we put just like a little bit of money in this? Dude, dude, they, they shot Scorpion King 2, because I have to look at this. They shot yeah. it in Cape Town, South Africa. There you go. So, but uh, it's a prequel to the prequel... <laughs> <laughs> it's a prequel to it's the a pre- Scorpion prequel. King. Oh and so God. that is a prequel. Anyway, sorry, carry on. <laughs> so Scorpion King 3, they're like, let's put a little bit of money in this. And also, we didn't really have any wrestlers in that last one. Is there someone The Rock-esque <laughs> that we could get who's maybe looking to follow a similar trajectory? And Dave Batista was sitting there drinking a milkshake and they went, that guy. And Dave Batista said, I'm broke. I'll absolutely do it. 
that's not a slight at Dave Batista. He recently talked about this. But I like, saw that too in for for like Marvel. Like when he yeah. got that, it was like his best. Um, yeah. uh, and so I I only say that because that is his story that he's like told, and I I I so I feel comfortable. Uh, I guess calling him out a little bit, but not really because since Drax, he has had some of my favorite roles in sci-fi. Uh, uh, fantasy stuff. I mean, like, and not. I'm not just talking about Drax. He he is one of the best parts of Blade Runner 2049. His performance in that movie is so good, and it's Dude, so understated. He's kay. phenomenal in that movie. Apparently, Randy Couture is a UFC champion. Okay, and That's, he is was, that from the second. He's one? He's from the second one. There. Okay. So they so they thought that they could they thought they could shift it that much, and then in the third one they realized no no. We need a WWE superstar. There you go. That's so fair. They got, and then so they, they got Batista, Batista, right? Yeah, there you go. And and they were like, hey, hey, Batista didn't cost that much. It was a pretty easy negotiation. We got some money left on the side. Okay, <laughs> get Django Fett and Ron Perlman. And then Billy Zane was just like going through the garbage, picking out empty cans <laughs> and said, are you guys making a movie? I'll be in it. I'll be in it. And Can they I were like, do we that? need to pay you? And he was like, I mean, I'll just, I'll just take your empties at the end. At the, if, if but, Crafty can just give me the empties. But like Billy Zane is the mummy though. I, what? No, he's not. From Isn't the he? first movie? No, he's not. No, he's not. Isn't he in? You're just seeing Billy what Zane. I... You know, you know what you're doing? You're thinking of Billy Zane from... Community? The one with the ring? No, from Community, <laughs> where he looks very much like the guy who played the mummy because he put on a significant amount of weight and lost all of his hair. Um, Maybe. So you're seeing that's that's what that's what you're uh, honing that's what in I'm on seeing, there. What's, that's what I'm seeing right now. I understand. Okay. I understand why you would think that that I I that Billy's ain't because I'm looking at a picture of Arnold. Uh, Vosloo right now and I like I get like they like Billy's eight like they're doppelgangers they could they, they could they could similar. play each other in movies um, I don't know the internet the internet thought they were but so, Bi- God, Billy, Billy Zane has been in a lot of things I'm on his IMDb right now Billy <laughs> Zane he, played the bad guy in Titanic but he was he a superhero never, he yeah he was the phantom the phantom right I'm not okay. crazy it was the so, one with the rings yes so okay. so here's what happened with Billy Zane. He played the bad guy in Titanic and yes. everybody was like, oh, my God, Billy Zane, the bad guy in Titanic. And everybody was like, did you know that he's also in Back to the Future? And and he is. He's in two. Uh, actually, is he in three of them? I don't remember. I don't think what? he's in the third one. But he he's is in, in Back to the them. Future Part Two. Yeah, because he's uh, uh, in 1955. He's one of the, the gang members, one of Biff's yes. gang. Uh, and I I. Everybody was really excited about that. And it's like, oh, man, he's such a good bad guy. Let's put him in more things as a bad guy. And he was like, no, no, I want to be a superhero. Uh And somebody was like, I'm making the Phantom. And people were like, the Phantom? We've never heard of that. It's a real superhero. Phantom came out before Titanic, dude. Did it? Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, But yeah, the Phantom is not a good movie. It's not, not but it's so fun. I, do I like, really wanted that to be a good movie. It was not a good I, movie. I do like that I had impulses to like uh, superhero things when I was a child as well. Because I do remember watching this like when it came out. The Phantom was one of those ones where it was like, oh my God, they're making a superhero movie that's not Batman. 
Like, like <laughs> holy crap. Because at the time, it's like, that's all there was. There were just the Batman movies, right? Like, nobody else was making anything. And then, and then 1999, uh, what, uh, 98 or 99? Maybe it's 98. 98 Blade comes out. And it's like, hold on to your butts, everybody. It's about to get, it's about to get. Everybody always starts with X Men. They're always like, oh, in 2000, X Men came out. No. X Men doesn't come out in 2000 without without Blade in 98. Doesn't happen. Uh, Blade is the beginning of of the current era of uh, uh, where we're at right now, which is why I'm so excited about the Mahershala Ali one. Oh my god, it's gonna be so good. Anyways, uh, Billy Zane, uh, yeah, not the mommy. He's, I mean, he's been he's not been working very he's been working very steadily for many years. Yeah, he's definitely been employed. He's definitely been employed. I don't know that I would consider um, with him doing well. His, I, I understand though. A lot of his movies. I don't. Movies. None of these movies do I recognize. I'm going. Somebody, do yourself a favor right now. Go on IMDb and check out Billy Saints IMDb. I don't know any of them. There's something called Samantha Who that I think was a series that I do remember. Yeah. Vaguely. I. That's 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 I. Uh, uh, is Vaguely. it Christina Applegate? Yes, that yeah, sounds right. There we go. Yeah. And then um, he was probably anyway. unlikable yet charming in that. I'm I'm willing to bet. I maybe that's That's, that's right there he... in that Billy Zane. Hey, he was that... on he he played PT Barnum in Legends of Tomorrow? That's cool. Yes, he did. <laughs> nice. Yes, he did. That's awesome. <laughs> See, but that's the thing. <laughs> that's the thing. He went from the nemesis in Academy Award blockbuster James Cameron feature film that required two VHS tapes in order to watch it. Yeah, and yeah. we did. We did, we did. put in oh, the second VHS loved, tape. Oh, we loved it. Oh, of course we did. Right? So good. Heck that yeah. movie was so big, just like the Titanic, they had to snap it in half in order to Ooh. fit it into your VCR. All right? <laughs> I can't believe that wasn't used in the marketing. Too soon. <laughs> it's too soon. <laughs> How is it we're still podcasting and I'm not even like, I don't even feel like we're done. Like I, I'm not like, oh my God, can we please wrap this up? I feel like we are just starting to hit our stride on this one, which is unfortunate because I got like, it's, it's tomorrow's it's a work time. Today was a holiday, but tomorrow's a work day. I got to yeah. rest this ankle. I'm going to be in bad shape uh. tomorrow. I, yeah, he went from that to guest spot. On Legends yeah. of Tomorrow. Yeah. Not one as episode. a recurring not character. Recurring. Not as one like, not as like, oh my God, can you believe they cast Billy Zane as, uh, I, I don't Whatever. know, yeah. uh, uh, Captain Nefarious? I don't know. Just yeah. pick a DC. I can't, I couldn't <laughs> think of a DC character who hasn't been in the, in the CW Arrowverse. So like, that's where we're at right now with the CW stuff. I love it. I love is that it. like, uh, I don't know who who's left, <laughs> especially like a legends one. Cause it's gotta be like a F list villain in order to be on that one or a character who was already in one of the other ones. Um, Anyways, yeah, like they couldn't, they didn't even do that. No, he was P.T. Barnum. I love it. In the same year that Hugh Jackman played P.T. Barnum in The Greatest Showman? Probably. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> hey, do you remember the greatest performance of P.T. Barnum from that year? It definitely wasn't Billy Zane. <laughs> I, <laughs> and the other one's kind of debatable anyways. So, 
Um, I don't know. People like The Greatest Showman. That's an unnecessary dig. It's, I haven't I, seen right? No, be I. It's okay, but as somebody who likes musicals and Hugh Jackman and Zac Efron, I didn't like it as much as I thought I would. But um, definitely the like "This Is Me" song is uh is worth the hype. It's good. All right. But it's I, a, I yeah, believe it's you. Not, it's, it's a, hey, it has the same director. I feel like Stephen Summers. I'm now seeing his name. I think did he direct? The all the spinoffs for the other ones as well. I'm wondering he if definitely didn't do the he, spinoffs. He did. No, he did the Scorpion King too, Rise of a Warrior. Stephen Summers directed G- the spinoffs. And, and, oh, produ- oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. No, Producer he uncredited. He produced okay. Them. He also did G.I. Yeah. Joe Rise of Cobra. That's cool. Yeah. yeah. All right. All right. All right. He did movie. Revenge of the Mummy the Ride. <laughs> I love it. Uh, and then, oh no, he actually did direct G.I. Joe Rise of Cobra. Yeah, yeah, he directed Jungle Book? What? I'm I am correct in that the greatest showman and that episode, the PT Barn episode the same of year? Legends of Tomorrow both came out in twenty seventeen. Burn. Burn. Burn on Billy Zane. Ouch. Not what this he <laughs> was probably Wait. like, man. This is going to be it. <laughs> maybe, no, it. you know what, though? To be fair, though, maybe he was supposed to be, it was supposed to be a play on that, that year. Like, they would have done it on pers- purpose because people knew oh, who Katie Barnum was that year. Probably. For Are certain. Are you sure that, yeah, that they ahead. haven't accidentally put a picture of Billy Zane and Arnold of Russell's <laughs> IMDb page? Because they're right? so identical. Right? Yeah. <laughs> anyway, no. sorry. I... Yeah, wow. Look, <laughs> when we started podcasting tonight, there's a lot of things I thought we were going to talk about. <laughs> I didn't think we were going to talk for probably, what was that? That was at least 10 minutes, if not close to 15 minutes, about Billy Zane. <laughs> and, and that is the lie. most that anybody has talked about Billy Zane on a podcast <laughs> in the last 10 years, which is most of podcasting. You know what? I would do a full podcast with Billy Zane. I feel like we'd have a lot to talk about. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. I'm throwing so much shade Billy Zane's way (laughs) that, you know, like, like he can, he, he'd go to the beach and not get a sunburn. That's how much shade I'm throwing at him. He's going to be really upset about all of the shade. He needs a, he needs a, he needs a jacket if he's going, if he's going to the beach, he could be in the Sahara desert and, and be totally fine with this amount of shade that I've thrown. If I were confronted with Billy Zane in this moment, if you were like, and he's on the call, I would be so apologetic instantly. I would because 180 and be like, oh my God, Billy Zane, you are amazing. You're, you're, like, this is my thing. I think that he's, he made some poor choices. The Phantom was one of them. I, uh, and, and he's kind of paid the consequences from that. And it's like, and, and sometimes, sometimes you, like, the choices are not poor choices until, after the fact right i mean like you don't i i matt damon talked about this on on uh uh, wtf with mark maron recently it was it's a really good episode uh if you like matt damon you should go listen to it but he talked about it's like you don't know like when you pick the movie or like not necessarily pick when you are cast in a movie yeah you you don't don't know like if it's gonna be a piece of garbage or not right like (laughs) yeah like because so much is like so, yeah, sometimes just it's just like yeah. i gotta work you know what i mean yeah i mm-hmm. uh, so uh it's this is why i am no longer uh, uh why I, why i decided not to pursue a career in film right like why i was like nah, this is this is really hard you could work really really hard in film and only ever work on garbage um oh. 
hundred percent. There are yeah. people that yeah. only work on garbage oh. and have been working their butt off for many, many years. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So yeah, no. Um, so, I mean, like I'm going to give Billy Zane guff because it's, it's good material for a podcast and I can be funny by doing it by being mean. But in reality, like I actually quite like Billy Zane and I referenced the fact that he was in that episode of, uh, of community and in, I think he's in season six. Um, and he is fantastic in that episode of community and most oh, yeah. of the time when he does these guest spots and like, I've seen the episode of legends that he was in and like, he did a good job. Um, but, but, but like, but most is- of the time that most of the time you see Billy Zane, it's like, he's actually going to do a pretty good job. I feel like he's a better actor than the types of roles that he gets. But, and people, but people know who Billy Zane is too. Like I'm looking at now this yeah, like Arnold sure. Voslo, which by the way, there's like a trivia bit in it too, where he gets, apparently he gets mistaken for Billy Zane. Also, Billy Zane is Greek and um, Arnold Voslo is um, from South Africa and of like South African descent, which neither one of them are Egyptian. Anyways, sorry. Anyways, but um, (laughs) welcome welcome to Hollywood. Uh, Not a lot of Egyptians have been cast to play Egyptian characters. Larger problems. Um, And why do they uh, always have British accents? I know. At least they ain't Prince of Persia. Jake Gyllenhaal. <laughs> yeah. Well, hey, you know what? You know what? I'll bet you anything that Scorpion King three, the Scorpion King does a does a cool dance or whatever the subtitle is on that one. Uh, <laughs> the Scorpion King three. Somehow we got more money to make another one of these. I I I'll bet you anything. It's better than Prince of Persia. Oh, and and probably I mean, marginally less offensive. That's, uh, that's, probably I, still I, like, still sure. offensive because Billy offensive, Zane is still playing but... an Egyptian king. Yeah. Yeah, uh, or or at least like maybe not really Egyptian, less. but like like a you yeah. know a Middle Eastern king. But I uh, I uh, yeah it's yeah it's not Prince of Persia. But, I, but here's That's the thing. A... Okay, this is like the the Billy Zane like praise of the episode because I feel like we've got to do that a little bit. Is yeah. that like Ar- this Arnold? Because I have to compare the two of them has actually been in more significant things over the last decade and a half, two decades. Oh my gosh. It's been so long since the mummy. Like he was in Chuck. He was in 24. He was in sight. He was in all of these in like recurring roles. Yeah. But nobody knows his name and everybody knows Billy Zane. Okay. So, you know, you're, you're doing that thing that you do a lot. Where, where I assume you that assume other people that don't you, know his name. Yeah, that your perspective is this. Okay, come on. A lot of people actually do know who Arnold Voss Lewis is. Do you think that they would know him over Billy Zane? I th- okay, so here's the thing. Billy Zane has an easier population. Billy Zane has an easy to remember name. It's one of the things that he's got going for him. I Billy Zane so. is a fantastic name. Fantastic. <laughs> Top tier. Right? He should be on the poster. Billy Zane. Right? <laughs> the Phantom starring Billy Zane. Wow, I'm gonna go see that movie. He's, uh, he's wearing a big purple condom. He's got a ring. I'm in. <laughs> it's in the jungle, you guys. It's like Indiana Jones in pajamas. I... Now I'm going to go rewatch The Phantom, man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to implore that you don't. Please don't. <laughs> I, I Watch Jungle Cruise, for goodness sake. <laughs> don't wa- if you're going to watch... If, if you have to watch a movie about the jungle, please don't watch make it. it The Phantom. Okay, that's fair. Arnold Vosloo, I mean, like, I don't even know that we're pronouncing his name correctly, right? But but if he shows up on Chuck, if he shows up in 24, 
somebody somewhere is going, that's totally the dude from The Mummy. A hundred percent. That's uh, uh, I'm a, a mono. Or they're like, going. Or they're going. Hey, that's Billy Z. <laughs> <laughs> or or Amanda and uh, many of the people like Amanda because she's not alone in this. But they, I'm there not are alone many, in this. Come are on. Going like, There's a reason why I still need not, to be on wait, the podcast. The I speak for the general population. You're not saying, "Hey, that's Billy Zane." You're saying, "Hey, is that Billy Zane?" Because it's not. <laughs> That's and you can tell the second he opens his mouth, you can tell it's not Billy Zane. <laughs> but you're also not entirely sure that it's not Billy Zane just <laughs> acting, That's just being fair. somebody else. Maybe it's like, oh, I don't think I've seen Billy Zane in something yeah. in yeah. five years. Maybe this is what he looks and sounds like now. <laughs> right. So, yes, I, I guarantee you that there are probably a lot of people also doing that. But there are definitely a lot of people who are going hey, that's totally the mummy from the mummy. That's fair. A not insignificant chunk of people are going, that's, uh, it's like Amatep or something like that, right? I don't, I don't remember, but like. Emotep, yeah. Emotep, I'm close. Mm -hmm. There are, there are, it's like, I'm that close. And I, I know we've had Mm -hmm. IMDb and Wikipedias and stuff, but I haven't actually read it off of the screen. That's Scout's Honor. I wasn't a scout, Mm -hmm. but that's fine. Mm -hmm. Um, There are a lot of people who'd be like, that's Emotep. For sure, that's Emotep in this episode of Chuck that I'm watching. And then there are there there's there's a there's a notable number of people who are like, oh, that's that's Arnold Vosler. I love him. He shows up in everything that I watch at some point. <laughs> like so I like okay. I, and I know that because I because I have heard on many podcasts, like multiples of podcasts a conversation come up where they go like, where they're talking about the mummy and they're like, Hey, I was just watching this show or this movie and he's totally in that and he's great. So, but I mean like, Hey, that it, I would say that's probably pretty equal for Billy Zane as well. So, you know, I think that Billy Zane and Arnold Vosloo are on equal footing, but that maybe Billy Zane has, just by virtue of the fact that that, that he's uh, industrious and likes to work, has made si- similar to Nicolas Cage, similar to Samuel L. Jackson. These guys like to work. They like to work. Yeah. They like money and they like their job. And I'll go back to I. Uh, oh man, who's the guy? He made Postal. I. Uh, I. Uh, he's a real garbage oh, person. That makes real garbage Postal. movies. Um. <laughs> I man, who directed Postal? Who wrote and directed Postal? I I don't think I've ever heard of Postal. When I say his name, you might um uh Postal film. The problem the problem with typing Uwe Postal Boll. in Canada Uwe, is yeah. that it comes Canada up as Post. Postal codes. Yeah, I uh, Uwe Boll. Sorry, what was it? Okay, I don't know. Uh, he, he's made a lot of real garbage movies. I okay. saw him talk at PAX in uh, Penny Arcade Expo in 2007. He did a, a, a panel. He's a director? Um, he's a director. He's a writer-director. He's, a, he's, a, he's an Filmmaker, auteur. Filmmaker, if you will. Yeah. Yes, yeah. Um, oh, he's, and he he's, got he's up. He's known and, for his adaptations of video game prontos. Yeah. Franchise. That's why he was nice. at Penny yeah, Arcade Expo. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and he talked about... Cause he's got a lot of haters because he's made a lot of garbage. And like, I don't just mean that like he's made bad movies. He's made movies that are like controversial because they're controversial, right? Because his, it was his goal for them to be controversial. And like postal no, is a good example. That's annoying. 
Um, yeah, like, like, so, the, but his content aside, he talked about making movies and he was like, look, I make these movies for nothing, right? Like we make them as cheap as we can. And like, they're funded by government grants and stuff like that. And like, and like, he basically like, he, he gave this whole kind of like a keynote Ted talk type type presentation on how he makes his movies, how he gets his movies made without studio funding. So hmm. they're all like independent or not all of them, but like they're mostly independent films. Yeah, yeah. And he gets all of this funding from all these weird places so that he can make the types of movies that he wants to make. So he really doesn't care if anybody likes them. And he's also right. not beholden to a studio for them to be, to make money. Right. And because they made them on the cheap, they're always profitable. And he gets to keep making movies, which is what he wants to do. And so like he like like my friend Carl and I went into this thing like like expecting like, oh, man, this is going to be so good. We're going to rip on him all like for the rest of the weekend. And we both walked out of that. Like, and cause this was, this was 2007. This was when I was less evolved as a human being and much more interested in tearing things down for fun yeah, because go. that's what we thought was cool and edgy. Right. Um, both because of the time period and because of the age that I was at the time, but we both walked out of that one. And I think it actually probably informed a lot of how I feel about uh, how movies are made nowadays. Like, like at this point in my life, like I think about this a lot. It's like, yeah, but I didn't make a movie. And because that was kind of what he said, he like pointed at the audience at some guy and was like, you've never made a movie. You've never made a movie. Right. I've made 10 movies or whatever many movies he'd made at that point. Right. And, and, and I'm up here and I'm talking about it and I'm telling you guys how I make movies and you're all sitting here listening to me. And it was just Mm -hmm. like, uh, it was like this awesome thing of like, he's right. He's absolutely yeah. right. Like he gets the job done and it doesn't matter that, you know, his movies are trashy and, you know, uh, really don't deserve to be released. They get released. He makes them and he gets to make another one and another one and another oh, one. Man. And he's beholden to no one. He's I the master of his degree. own destiny. He's like, he's like a disgusting George Lucas. And, it, <laughs> I, and I was just like, I was just I like, it. you know what? Like, like I can't, hate him for that i can hate his movies but i can't hate the man yeah. like yeah. i mean you can he's he's, a, he's he's i'm i'm fairly certain if we were to look him up right now and like dig deeper that he's probably been me too a couple of times or something like that but because his the i say that based on the content of his films and how sort of i i'm i was sort of like i was and sexist sort thing. of looking through some of the stuff too like where he like used on like gratuitous like like animal death but then he yeah. like donated profit profits from the movie towards PETA or yeah. whatever it is. Anyways, good to know. Don't give guy, money to PETA. PETA is a horrible I, I was also thinking but, about that too. Yeah. I was like, mm, do we want to give money to PETA? There Anyways. are humane societies that uh, you can donate yes. to that it's much better spent. That's, yes. Your local SPCA Agreed. could use that cash. I agree. Uh, uh, and they'll actually help animals. The yeah. uh, uh, PETA won't let you, wouldn't want you to believe that, but. It's because they don't have money. If you give them money, they'd be able to keep more animals alive. Uh, hey, J.K. Simmons is in Postal. There you go. Nice. This is what I'm talking about. It's like he's like he makes these movies, and it's like, but but he made Postal for one point uh, for no, it's not one point. That's fifteen million dollars. How much did it make? 
140 that can't be right box office that must be like opening weekend that can't be the total box office according to wikipedia 146,000 I mean I don't know I'm I I He made the movie for 15 million dollars and it made 146,000 that seems unfortunate very very low and unfortunate yes i mean maybe the budget included some promotional things which usually that doesn't make back yeah whatever it is oh well uh Uh, anyways we're all over the map on this one i do have one last thing that i want to say to everybody who's listening everybody within earshot uh before and then we'll close out the episode um because we haven't really like we i mean we only record every other week and i feel like we don't get to talk about stuff that often and we haven't talked about COVID in a while, uh, uh, which might make people think like a lot of people are saying that, hey, we're on the other side of this thing. We're not. Uh, uh, it's We're very much still in the pandemic and use that language uh, in the way that I just did when you're talking to people yep. about it. My cousin because got COVID last week. Yep. People are it's talking about it mm-hmm. like it's a past tense thing. Like, Brutal. oh, my God, I can't believe we made it through COVID. I, I, uh, we didn't. Uh, and that, and that is primarily because people are acting like we did and yeah. going about their daily lives and pretending like, Hey, I, I, I'm double vaxxed. I'll be fine. Um, and it's like, yeah, but you, we there's still new really research, the man. On. There was, I was reading some sort of thing where there was an outbreak in a place in the States and new data just came through that like two thirds of the people that were infected by the Delta variant were double vaxxed. Now it's working in the way that it should in that it's like minimizing death. And, yeah. and, and, um, it's which is point, a positive it's thing. It's 0.004% of the fatalities. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like so vaccines like are helping. While. Yeah. It's I, great, yeah. but it doesn't make you immune to the disease. No. Totally. It just and, helps us manage it as a society. And here's, here's the thing. Yes. You will probably survive it. It will probably be inconvenient and suck, but you will get through it. We still don't know what the lasting effects are, um, and there seem to be lasting effects for a lot of people. So, uh, you know, if you don't like the way that food tastes, then I suppose go ahead and get COVID because you're going to lose your sense of smell. And so food's not going to taste good anymore. But I, I, you know, if that doesn't matter to you. I, that to me, that's like the biggest incentive to not get it. But um, you just love food. and I mean, like I love like the food that I love. I love. Uh, yeah. Even though I'm a picky eater, it's like the stuff that I enjoy. I enjoy it very much. Um, can you imagine not being able to taste a maple dip donut ever again? <gasps> Devastating, right? I love maple an A and W root beer. Oh, come on! Like the, the really cold, crisp ones with the in the frosted yeah. mug and everything. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. 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 That's not. It's not worth it. Your pride is, is not worth it. Sorry. Is A and W Canadian or no, is that an? No, American? they have it in the states as well. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah. I believe it started in the states. A and W is my like road trip food, man, and I don't know why because I do not eat A and W when I'm at home. But if I'm on a road trip, if I'm driving somewhere for sustained periods of time, I will eat A and W. That's such an interesting, like, interesting like thing everywhere. for you to say. It's getting late. I'm starting to slur. Uh, <laughs> it's an interesting thing for you to say because you don't eat beef. So you're talking about oh, yeah. getting chicken, chicken. at A&W, yeah. which I would never in a million <laughs> years get the chicken at A&W. But that's fine. I mean, like A&W, you know. A&W poutine is the best poutine out of any fast food poutine, in right. my opinion. So I usually you. I will say I get the poutine and then chicken strips. And I will say that the best chicken strips are are Wendy's chicken strips. I like Wendy's chicken strips, but I won't eat I won't sully other people's fries. And so here's the thing. I quite like fast food fries. A&W fries not my favorite. 
when you put some gravy and some cheese curds on them, oh yeah, baby. That's what I was gonna say. If you're just eating the regular fries, then you're not doing not, it right because like yeah. I eat A and W fries drenched in vinegar with salt and pepper. Well, yeah, yeah, and that's delicious. You gotta put something on the fries. Yeah, they're not. They're good. not. It's not like a McDonald's fry where all you need is a French fry. Oh, or even yeah. Wendy's has a pretty good fry too. But yeah, I. Uh, uh, but anyways, back to the whole COVID thing. <laughs> um, right. Yeah, people are being super casual about it and think that we're on the other side of it. So like, hey, let's all go do uh, crazy irresponsible things because we haven't been allowed to for the last year and a half. Um, but but I would just like to say, you know, and and I think to the people, most of the people within earshot of this. I pro this probably doesn't apply to you, but please pass on this message. I I keep on, you know, fighting with your relatives and friends. Um that like, hey, like we're not done. And if you get it, you'll probably be okay. But you could spread it to somebody who can't get vaccinated for whatever reason. In particular, kids under twelve cannot get this vaccine. That's a yeah. lot of people. And they're like they're children. Like yeah. my kids can't get the vaccine. So, you know, like, don't, don't be a jerk. Don't be selfish. Uh, get vaccinated, wear a mask in indoor public places. I, uh, you know, like just keep being smart about it. I don't know. I'm just frustrated by it. I People agree. are being so dumb. The numbers are going back up. Every time it feels like, like go we got a handle States. on it. It's just, yeah, I would like to travel soon. Yeah, however I want to go to Disneyland, guys. However ill-advised that is. But I would like to be able to do that. And yeah. I, I, we all need to be safe. And, and like, uh, this is yeah. the thing. We're at a point where where we can do a bunch of this stuff. But that doesn't, it doesn't mean, like, go back to normal. It still means wear a mask. It still means get vaccinated. Right? And not, like, this is the biggest thing, especially in the States. Not enough people are vaccinated. You have access yeah. to it. There are people all over the world who would kill. And I'm not, that's not hyperbolic. They would literally kill a person to get the vaccine. If that were mm -hmm. an option, there are people in the world right now who are in that position because they're, they're, they're not able to get the vaccine and they would like to get the vaccine because they and don't you know, want to get COVID and they don't want to die from it. And they don't want their family to die from it. So, you know, like, if, like, here's it, here's it's it's just an incredible amount of privilege it is uh, and an abuse of that privilege to sit and go like uh yeah i don't need to other yeah. people are getting the vaccine i'll be fine and if humanitarian reasons aren't enough to motivate you maybe your competitive streak might because right now canada is doing pretty good uh yeah, we, have we are we are definitely soundly kicking america's yeah. butt which like so, they got off to the good side it's the tortoise and the hare started, right i know yeah Slow yeah. and steady is winning this race, and I would really like America to beat us, unlike they did in soccer for women's soccer. But um, bum, because we won. Yeah, the game. Take but that. please, please, America, you can win. Get vaccinated. Uh, yeah, get vaccinated. That's it. We're done. It's been two and a half hours. Holy smokes. Uh, and that's not, and I mean, like we talked for a great deal of time before we even started recording tonight. So yeah, that's uh, true. You guys life things. 
You guys, this is what happens guys... when we don't actually podcast for like three weeks. Well, although we did, we did technically podcast for the last two weeks with Curtis uh, for. Yeah, we've but... podcasted. We've actually podcasted together quite a bit in the last month. We we have, but uh, but, but not also Thunderquack. but also not. So it's yeah. it's a weird yeah. thing. Um, yeah. That's it. We're done. Thank okay. you guys for listening. Thank you for supporting us on Patreon. If you do. Uh, and uh, uh, no thanks to you if you don't. <laughs> Except for when I said earlier, thanks for listening. Thanks. So you still get that thanks, but you don't get the thanks for the Patreon one. So don't take those. Those aren't for you. <laughs> Coffee's for closing. Join, our, join uh, our Facebook page. It, you know, Good. to me, like that's you the best part of it. it. Not Ruth, everybody uses Ruth. Facebook. But here's the thing. That's all I use Facebook for nowadays. Is the Thunderbug? Yeah. It's pretty much yeah. just the group. That's okay. the only reason, like, I've thought several times about, like, I'll just get rid of the app and then I'll have Facebook, but I just won't check Facebook, right? I give that time to Instagram and Twitter. But, uh, but, but I can't because... The group keeps sucking you back yeah, in. Yeah, we got the group. Yeah. We got the group. Yeah. Uh, and it's a great group. Wonderful people. Yeah. Good conversations. Mark Randolph, Randolph with the, 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 the king of memes. The, the king of oh, yeah. over there yeah. just keep that's how out. i get most of my most of my nerd news is actually yeah. through the thundercrack patreon page i love it there you go uh yeah. so stay in the know and yeah. uh yeah. yeah see all the funny memes yeah. so that you can talk to uh uh, uh gen z because yeah. they don't they don't uh, they don't know how to hold a conversation you just they just talk in memes they're like that one episode of star trek the next generation or it's like uh, like evolved conversation. Uh yeah, sure. If you if that's how you want to play it. Uh, oh man, <laughs> uh, Lower Decks comes spin. back soon. I can't wait. Uh, okay. that's a Star Trek cartoon show. I I mean how how uh, we're ending the the episode, I promise. Are you a Star Trek fan? I can never remember. I uh enjoy Zachary Quinto. Okay. That's <laughs> that's where we're at. Okay. I think you would like Lower Decks. I think Lower Decks I, is your yeah. type of Star Trek. I think I would I, I would like it. I but did it's a cartoon, quite so you enjoy won't watch it. it. I, I very so. much re I know, ironically, I work in I work in the industry. Yep. I watch very few cartoons for some You say ironically, I say infuriatingly, you know, <laughs> potato same potato. But I do love I do love Star Trek, uh the 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 new versions of Star Trek, and I feel like I would like Picard if I watched it. Oh, I and, don't like Picard. Oh, okay. I've watched like the first three episodes of Picard and not gone back because it was boring as hell. Uh, okay. Uh, uh, yeah. But uh, yeah. So, I don't know. Maybe you would I like Picard. Like it's boring. You like Doctor Who, so. I, hey. <laughs> uh, on um, that note. With that. <laughs> <laughs> thanks for listening. Uh, we'll be back in two weeks. Next week, I guess, is something. You know what? It's supposed to be metaphorical fiction. Metaphorical, metaphysical fiction. <laughs> late. Close enough. Same it's difference. Late. Uh, it's okay. so late. It's supposed <laughs> to be metaphysical fiction, but I'm gonna have to tell Carl that we got to move that. He's moved it on me twice, so I get to move it on him this time because I'm actually on vacation next week. But I'm, I'll record an off the record in advance and set it to post on the Tuesday nice. morning for all you guys. Behind the curtains, look at Thunderquake. What happened? So that'll be awesome. next week, and then, and then, yeah. Uh, 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 and then we'll be then back. We'll be back the following week. Uh, at which point, man, will Marvel What If have have premiered by then? I think it will. Have. <gasps> Ooh, potentially. So let's let we'll talk about. Yeah, uh, yeah. This because the sixteenth is the next time that we'll record 
and we will have seen the first episode of Marvel What If. Uh, so let's talk about it. That's what we're going to talk about in two weeks. Well, we're also going to do enough it. set about it, though, right? Oh yeah, yeah. But we'll do like we'll, we'll just talk. We'll, we'll just do like, like comment the whole on series. it. Yeah, it'll be good. Um, okay. Yeah, yeah. Because there's ten episodes. Uh, cool. Awesome. Thank you guys for listening. Catch you on the next one. Bye. <laughs> Stay safe, everybody. Wash your hands and be kind to one another. Because COVID hasn't gone away yet. <laughs>